What up, fam? On this episode of the Snapback Sports Pod, NBA free agency has been wild. The Lakers have stashed every washout player around the league, including Melo. The Knicks grab Kemba Walker and are running it back. The Bulls make crazy moves. The Heat are making great moves. And the Sixers are silent. We talk all free agency as well as the big contract extensions and how the NBA will line up next season. Football is back. We're talking about that, too. And then we rank the worst franchises Fan bases that we know right now. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Let's get Ravens it. select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. He's on all year, every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh, he broke his ankles. What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Setterman. Joining me today, and as always, is my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? You ever have uh, one of those days where it starts off and you just, like, know that, you know what, today's my day? Yeah, this morning. Why? So, for me, too. Maybe, Maybe a little different. I know yours has to do with the Knicks. We'll get into that later. But... It's 11 a.m. right now. Let me run you through my morning. I woke up at 7. I read 30 pages. I went to the gym. I threw up. What? Yeah. I don't know, man. I had nothing in my system. I went into the sauna after the gym and uh, got a little queasy, ran out, threw up. This is your day. Yeah, yeah, it shows that I worked hard. Okay. It's nothing wrong Nothing wrong with a little puke here and there. Um, and now I'm recording a podcast all before 11 a.m. Like, I had a good meal. It's just like, you know what? I feel good today. Very interesting take. Okay, I woke up. I slept in. Uh, what is sleeping in for you? 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. Okay. Slept okay. in, did my journal. Did some, journal? Did some underdog drafting. Got a sick. Stop. Yeah. Let me stop you here. You have a journal. Yeah, it's a daily journal. You mean it's five. You have a diary. You have a diary. No, no, no. It's uh, you write three things you're grateful for, three things that would make the day great, and your daily affirmation. Have I, have I ever been on the three things you're grateful for list? Uh, I mean, you definitely fall into the friends and family category. That's bullshit. You want like a specific name mention? I just want literally number. It could be number two. It could be number three. Just write eight. So I don't know if I've ever like been, you know, things I'm grateful for and just jotted down your name, but things that would make today great. I feel like you've definitely fallen in that category, whether it's like we're recording a dope podcast, um, our trip to L.A., Sixers losing, you know, multiple different things. Um, Now, would you mind? Is this private, your diary? I mean, it's definitely a private thing. I'm trying to think what the things I wrote this morning were. Um I was feeling a little under the weather last night, so I'm grateful for modern medicine. Which I got my I got my Nyquil. Well, fake Nyquil from CVS. CVS brand Nyquil. Um, There you go, CVS. Health health of family and friends. I mean, that's that's always a good one. I mean, I threw up this morning. So how healthy can I? Yeah, so maybe you're in there. Maybe that's what I'm grateful for. Um, And my number two, I forget what it was. Things that would make today great. I don't know, but I woke up and Kemba Walker was a Nick, so that was pretty cool too. 
That was pretty cool. Kemba returning back to the Garden. I remember that UConn Pitt Big East tournament game like it was yesterday because don't ask why, but I grew up a diehard Pitt basketball fan. Pittsburgh, which is just a dirty city. Um, and I I fake sick that day because I knew Kemba was playing Pitt, and I'll never forget where I was for that shot. Kemba to the Knicks, and now we have a we live in a world where Nerlens Noel say that again Nerlens Noel is making more money than Kemba Walker Nerlens D Rose Alec Burks Evan Fournier Julius Randle it's pretty much everyone is making more money than Kemba Walker and my reaction to day one of Nick's free agency was absolute terrible vomit gross awful bad awful bad but now they have Kemba Walker on a very team-friendly deal. The details have not been released, but the assumption is $8 million a year, max of 10 only a couple years of a deal. And now they're really deep. And one of the things that, as I saw the reaction from Nick's Twitter and, and all the Nick's beat writers, the Bulls, you know, we joked about the Hawks last year. They reached their pinnacle, which was getting to the conference finals with that team. The Bulls, they have now leveraged their entire future to possibly get the four seed. The Knicks have filled out their cap space, but still have every single pick, still have their young players. And for that, I am grateful because the next two years will be dominated by the Bucks, by the Nets, and probably by the Lakers and Clippers in the West. Knicks fans listening to this podcast, I assume that the Knicks fans, and this will play into our ranks where we rank the worst fan bases later on Knicks fans are some of the most passionate in the world would you agree of course. ride or die for the blue and orange the gardens the mecca Knicks fans listening I think we have a fake Knicks fan on our hand after day one of free agency and I hate to out you like this Jack Jack texted me after the Evan Fournier I don't even know what number he got Nerlens Noel, 10 a year. Alec Burks, 10 a year. D. Rose, Derek 14 Rose, a year. D. Rose, 14 a year. Jack texted me, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a Celtics fan. And and I'm still supporting the Celtics. We got Fournier and Kemba. We got their whole backcourt. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Did you consider reaching out to your ticket agent or whatever for the Knicks after, the let's just say, the Fournier, Burks, the run-it-back signings? Mm-hmm. We'll throw Taj Gibson in there. Did you consider reaching out and say, yo, like, I need, like, at least 15%? Yeah, I was, especially after they raised my ticket to grand, after they won a singular playoff game. <laughs> One playoff game, they raised the ticket to. It was, it was the day after that they raised it, the price. It was within 48 hours. It was wild. That actually, that actually like, should be illegal. Yeah, it should be. It should be illegal. And I checked the contract, and technically it's not illegal, which is just these big corps screwing over the little man. But it's okay, because now. The Knicks, I don't know how the signing of a 31-year-old broken Kemba Walker is making this all come together for me, but it at least appears that the Knicks had a plan all along. This somehow completes a very weird piece of the puzzle, and the puzzle is this. It's a team that's built to once again get to the playoffs and be competitive. This does not make... Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. The team at the, this time last year 
was not built to get to the playoffs. Correct. So you can't say once again. You just struck lightning in a bottle and something. I'm saying, crazy I'm saying, okay, but garden. we can get back to the playoffs, be competitive, not be the laughing stock of basketball. We did not leverage our future. We made smart, diligent moves. We kept our entire youth, and we didn't. You know, we always talk about this, Abe. While of course I wanted Damian Lillard, I told you I had a little pushback on giving up our entire future because it wasn't the piece to get us over the top. You guys go ahead, send them everything, the Liberty Bell, Benjamin Franklin signature. You need to be going for it because you can make that jump up to the Nets and Bucks. There's nothing the Knicks could have done to get them to be able to compete with those top three, top four teams. So now they're in a position to once again not be the laughing stock of the league, to bring fun basketball to New York, and they're taking low-risk, high-reward deals. Like, you wrote LOL. There were some other LMAOs in the chat. But, like, Kemba and 8 mil a year. Not, not, yeah. not, not making fun. Not making fun. You just Kemba at eight mil a year is fine, but to me, when I look at this Knicks lineup and I see Kemba, RJ, Fournier, Julius, and Mitch Rob, I get I guess Mitch, but who pays a backup center ten million dollars a year in Nerlens Noel? I look at hands down the most volatile team in the NBA. There are so many could be good, could return to, could regress like. Kemba, who knows about his knees? It's been a problem for the past X amount of years. And with Tom Thibodeau, who's going to run him 45 minutes a game. Evan Fournier, that's a fuck it. R.J. Barrett took a great leap in year two, but will he take another great leap in year three? Nobody knows. If he stays that, whatever. Julius. I don't even know if Julius Randle is good (laughs) at basketball. Like I said, what happened last year with Julius Randle was some of the most unprecedented things that I've seen in sports. And then you have guys off the bench like Alec Burks, Nerlens, Derek Rose, who had a great year and like brought the culture back to the Knicks. But you can't lock them into having great, like good productive no, 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 years every no, no, year. No, you cannot. You cannot look at this team and say, this is what to expect. But like I was saying, the beauty of it is They actually built a 10-man, honestly, 12-man rotation where if Rose or Kemba goes down, Burks quickly, McBride, Grimes slide in. And and they can fill those minutes as useful pieces. And, like, yeah, if Burks has a down year, maybe IQ becomes the guy. If IQ year two has that sophomore slump, similar to Tyler Hero, maybe Burks is that veteran leader. Like, like, it would be shocking to me if – Kemba, D. Rose, Burks, Quickly, McBride, and Grimes, and Fournier. Who the fuck is McBride? <laughs> uh, McBride is the point guard from West Virginia that we drafted. thought he was the guy that fought Bryce Hall. No, maybe him too. That was McBroom, I think, something like that. I just really like the, the squad that they built from top to bottom because it is going to be the epitome of average. You still need Julius to be what Julius was last year, which is a, a very high expectation. You want RJ to get better, but I'm more so just worried about what are we doing over the next 18 months? Just stay competitive, be in that position, ready to pounce for when Giannis wants to come, Dame wants to come, who knows, but just be competitive because that's the only reason why Kemba Walker is willing to sign for 8 million a year. He could have absolutely gotten $15 million a year from a team like the Magic, from a team like he could have stayed in OKC, but he took the discount to come home and play for the Knicks, and that speaks to what the Knicks are building, and it's been a long time coming.
from the Knicks, in my opinion, going into next year. I mean, you look at them last year. They got the four seed, which is just crazy to say out loud. But what were they, a game and a half out of the seven or yeah. the eight? Like, the Knicks have just an equal chance to return to the four seed next year as they do being in the play-in tournament as a nine seed. And that is why the Knicks are the most volatile team in the NBA. And it uh, it's going to be an interesting year to be a fan of the New York Knicks. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So here's here's the final thing. You better knock on Here's wood. the final thing on Kemba, then we'll move on. Kemba Walker, like, could be really good, right? Like, he could. Because well, his name's Kemba Walker. Right. And and he still did average 19-5-4 and four last year on bad knees as the third option on a team that was really bad. But here's the – I mean, we've talked about this for what feels like two years now on this podcast. The Knicks' all-time leader – in this century in assists is Carmelo Anthony. Last year, they, they tried out Alfred Payton for 70 games a year. They've had Raymond Felton. They've had Pablo Prigioni. They've had, like, they don't ever have a half-decent point guard. If Kemba Walker at 80% of his old self is that, then it's 10 times better. Like, Alfred Payton, I told, all I would do is get on this podcast and tell you how bad he was. So if he's good, then I think the Knicks will be a much better team. So that's what I'm excited for. A good point guard in New York. It's been 12 minutes, and we've only talked next. That is kind of the norm here. But let's move on to the super team out west, or is it the washed Avengers? Abe, hot reaction. Lakers signed pretty much everyone over 32 years old to compliment Russ, LeBron, and AD. Russ and LeBron also over 32 years old. Ariza, uh, Bazemore, Mello, uh, Dwight. Like I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I do know what they're doing. What are your thoughts? fire and i think that they're a team that is going to definitely struggle in the regular season like anyone that's sitting here and gonna put the lakers as the one or like they are the best team in the west they will not be the best regular season you think so i actually disagree i think that it's gonna go in the opposite direction i believe that because ad and lebron will play 60 65 games would be my guess Russ will be able to fill in. They'll be able to get the job done on most nights. That's it, though. That's it. You can't. I'm. I'm not leaning on Kent Bazemore and. But I'm not saying. But Mello I'm not saying AD and LeBron both sit in those 17 games. Like I do believe right. that they'll kind of they'll move. Like if two of those three guys play, they're going to beat the majority of teams in the league. Now get to the playoffs. Those pieces are much better playing 15 minutes a game than playing 30 minutes a game, which they might have to do if they're replacing those Ariza or those AD LeBron Russ minutes when those guys are resting. But that is where a team that matches up with them well could throw problems at them defensively just because it doesn't really make sense. And relying on Carmelo and relying on Ariza and Wayne Ellington. You know, let me stop you there about Carmelo because Carmelo has kind of rejuvenated his career into being a spot-up shooter, just catch-and-shoot. And he's done really well with it in these last few years in Portland. So I don't think it's it's fair to throw Carmelo in the group with Trevor Ariza. I just think Melo at 12 to 15 minutes a game is great, like you said. If he's mm-hmm. expending 22, 28 minutes a game, like, that is the thing. I know they re-signed THT, but... They kind of signed Melo thinking he's going to play 25 a night, right? Like, is there anyone else off the top of your head who can give them Malik Malik Monk? Malik Monk. I mean, people are so hype about Malik Monk, but like Malik Monk's, he's, yeah, he's, he's not good. 
Like he had a he had a sick game against North Carolina when he was at Kentucky, and everyone's just hoping. You know what? Maybe he'll hit a bunch of threes. But you know what's funny to me, and I, I'm gonna bring back the Knicks into this. Knicks fans are definitely struggling with this Lakers team. On one hand, Knicks Lakers fans, two of the most passionate, if not the most passionate in the NBA, despise each other. I would say. On the other, you have Knicks fans that are like that would love for Carmelo to get a ring. And it's like, where do you find... It's like that, that one meme with the blonde girl who's just like, hmm? <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. talking about? So I think Knicks fans are really struggling between LeBron, they've hated for years, probably when he was in Miami, and now Melo's with him. But you know what, Jack? Forget LeBron James. As a fan of basketball, you've seen the, you've seen the photos since yesterday of St. Vincent, St. Mary, Oak Hill. You've seen the photos of Cleveland and Denver with Carmelo and LeBron. You've seen Miami and New York. You've seen Portland and the Lakers. Like, this is good for the history of basketball. That two of the most highly coveted prospects, maybe of all time, that were drafted in the same year, that have been competing since they were kids, are finally together to try and do it together. Yeah. And I think that is just the beautiful thing about basketball. Yeah, sports, sports can definitely be fun sometimes. It will be very interesting to see everyone's goalposts goal sway and move over the next eight months. But let me get your answer today. Super team, well-built squad, title favorites, washed up Avengers. Thoughts, Abraham? S- super team of washed up Avengers. <laughs> I don't think I really don't think that you could say that they're the title favorites with Brooklyn, um, just because clearly Brooklyn's a better fit, and people are saying that K- people are saying that Katie's hands head and shoulders above LeBron at this point in his career. So I don't. Think I don't know if anyone's say saying favorites. head and shoulders above LeBron. If that's a narrative you're trying to start on the podcast, I'm cool with it. But I have not heard anyone say that Kevin Durant is. You're not looking. You're not looking okay, in the right places. Gotcha. Um, but. With AD, LeBron, and Russ, who are three players that are all playing at an extremely high level for this point in their career, you have to give them the title of super team. When you look at the rest of the team, that's that. I mean, but that's how you build super teams. The Nets last year, same thing. Bruce Brown playing big minutes. Um, I know they still have Joe Harris yeah. and Jeff Green. But them but Jeff minutes. Green was on Patty a, Mills now, which is Jeff a big Green signing. was on a cheap deal. You look at the LeBron Heat super team. Sorry, he said so many. I'm trying to get straightened out. You had you know Chalmers. You had Mike Miller, Ray Allen on min deals. Joel Anthony was starting at center for them. So that's kind of how super teams function, and that's okay. I will get on with you. I do believe this is a super team. I'm not one of those who is going to say it's not going to work. I don't think it's a perfect fit. I'll definitely say that, but it'll work. There's just way too much talent. It was the same reason why I kept harping on the net saying, I know they may not defend or there's only one ball, but like too much talent at the end of the day. And we saw if they were healthy. They were most likely going to go ahead and win the whole thing. Let's move along to a team who did leverage their entire future to fight hard for home court advantage in the first round of the NBA playoffs. That's the Chicago Bulls. And Abe, you know what? After watching both our franchises just in mediocrity, you for much longer than I. Shut the fuck what? up. Mediocrity? Yeah, the Sixers are like the definition of mediocrity. Well, 
I guess they're the polar opposites. They had the worst team in NBA history and the most underachieving team in NBA history. I'll accept, and by accept, I mean I won't fight you on it to call us cuties, but there's a difference between cuties and mediocrity. Okay, so, all right, fine. The Bulls have entered the... Let me give you an example. The Indiana Pacers have been mediocre. Okay, that's fine. And the Chicago Bulls have now entered the cutie conversation. And you know what? After seeing what the... No, 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 no. What? Cutie means that your fan base can tell itself that they have title aspirations. There's not a Chicago Bulls fan on planet Earth. Yes, No, there's not. They have a... Title they have a very good starting five. They really do. Like they, they have a very good starting five. They've got the light skin connection in the backcourt between Lonzo and Levine. Who can we pump the brakes to? We don't even know if Zach Levine. Zach Levine's going to be there. Gonna be he, there. They, he's, he's extension eligible. Zach they Levine is going yet. to be he there. They built the entire team for him. He's going to stay. He's going to at least give them a year or two. Um, Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan. Patrick Williams, Vucevic, they've got players off the bench, depending on what they do with Laurie and Kobe. They don't, signed... don't, don't tell me about Patrick Williams came off the bench in college and went fourth okay. overall. All right. You're just going to be a hater on the Bulls because you're sexually no, frustrated not, no, like with, the the, with the city. All I was trying to say was let's give respect to the Bulls and their front office because they were terrible for many, many years, and they went all in. They pushed all their chips in the same way the Hawks did last season. They went all in. And the Hawks, you know what? A few things broke their way, and they ended up in the conference finals. And that's great because that makes them relevant again. And we can't be so concerned with just – I know this is weird for us because we'll make fun of it when they do it, but now I'm supporting it. If you go kind of all in to, to be relevant, it does mean stuff. And then it lands you in a spot where, I don't know, what if they do swap DeRozan and Patrick Williams for Kawhi Leonard? Crazy thought, but like – now would people be much more interested in a big four of the, you know, like listen, put yourself listen, in a place listen. to the be Knicks one make, piece away. The Knicks place make the playoffs one year and stop being the laughing stock of the NBA. And now all of a sudden Jack is first team. Everyone try and become relevant because that's all you have to do. I mean, in a market like Chicago, it's similar to New York. You can attract yeah. free agents there. Anthony Davis, when his contract is up, he's from Chicago. Um, but I don't necessarily think that the Bulls are going all in. All in to me means that you have maybe all in for next season, but all in to me means that you have guys locked up for the long term, there for the long haul. Like DeRozan, two years after his deal, you can trade an expiring. You have Lonzo for four or whatever. That's fine. Levine is getting an extension. And Vucevic too. That, and Vucevic. Patrick Williams. That, that's for the long haul. And they traded picks to get him. I'm not saying they leveraged everything they had to get to get DeRozan but they're they're all in on this team the same way the Hawks were all in on that team last year yeah I think that's fair and you know what it's going to be a I feel like Chicago is going to be that Chicago is going to be a heavily bet on season over team they're a fun team that nobody knows about Lonzo throwing lobs to Levine they are a fun team and it's, it's it's funny it's like they drafted Kobe White and he's had all this progress and now He's left out yeah. to dry. Like, they're not going to sign Kobe him. was pretty bad last year. Um, I tracked that just because people were trying to tell us that Kobe was better than RJ, so we keep a good pulse on Kobe. Kobe and Markkinen could definitely be on their way out. I like the Caruso signing. I think he's a fine role player. 
The Lakers. Oh, I, I actually think he, he was pretty big for the Lakers. He was underrated for them. The final team in the East that actually made a move in free agency this summer, the Miami Heat. So who would you say went more all in? The Heat or the Bulls to get the four seed? Heat. The Heat. No, I, I actually don't think that's fair to say the Heat could get the four seed. First off, the Heat are just going to try and fight everyone all year. You've got Lowry. You've got Jimmy. You've got Markeith Morris. You've got P.J. Tucker. They're literally just going to try they and fight. They are cultured. Everyone. They are culture as fuck. That is, this, is a, this is a very Miami yeah. Heat team. I'll give them that. But the, the Heat are 100% all, more all-in. Jimmy's going to be a 36-year-old making $50 million a year. Kyle Lowry's 30-something on a three-year deal. Bam's young. Duncan's young. But Duncan and Bam aren't your core for the future. Bam's got a max contract. Duncan just got paid. Hero shouldn't get paid. But, no, the Heat are 100% more all-in. And I think you can I think it's, you can easily say that the Heat kind of won free agency with the talent that they were able to retain, who they were able to bring, the pieces around them. Just like P.J. Tucker, he's a corner three shooter, and he's a bulldog is what he is. And he didn't shoot the ball necessarily well from three last year, but I think, I think that P.J. Tucker is a huge addition for them. And it's just, I, don't, I think the Heat could be very competitive in the East next year, honestly, all year, maybe until they reach Brooklyn or something. But it pains me to say that I really like what the Heat did. A lot of teams made really good moves. Before we take a break, and we're going to tease everyone right now, we're going to talk Sixers after the break. But final thing, let's all just kumbaya for a second. Cleveland Cavaliers drafted Evan Mobley a week ago, number three overall. And then pay Jarrett Allen, a center who cannot shoot, a big man, true center, five years, $100 million. Give me your favorite take on this fake franchise. If you can't beat him, you might as well be taller than them, <laughs> like the Pistons did last year. Fair enough. All right, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we will talk Sixers, which feels like the final piece of the puzzle for the Eastern Conference. We'll catch up on all the guys who got big extensions, Trey, SGA, Stephen Curry, etc. We're going to talk ranking the worst fan bases and a little check-in on underdog and tick pick our favorite sponsors we'll be right back when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply all right fam we are back let's bump the sixers up because we did tease the people sixers move so far this summer I don't even know who you guys drafted. And you signed Andre J- who? Jaden Springer. Where did he play? Okay. Drafted Jaden Springer. You have re-signed Furkan. That was fine. Three years, 15 mil. Harmless deal. Great deal. Great deal. Harmless deal. And then you signed Andre Drummond to a one-year deal to replace Dwight Howard. I know he's going to be the backup center. I don't necessarily think it's the type of backup center you want. For the regular season, it could actually be really good. Playoffs, if you didn't like Dwight Howard in the playoffs, you're really not going to like Andre Drummond in the playoffs. Not to mention, 
Joel Embiid has been terrorizing and trolling this guy for half of a decade. And now they're teammates? What's the word? The Sixers have done relatively nothing in free agency. But I said it on Monday's episode. That was expected. It's just We have to wait for the trade market and then hopefully figure it out with Ben. The Sixers upgraded at their backup center position for the regular season. I actually, I actually respect your take on that. For the regular season, Andre Drummond on a minimum on a veterans minimum deal. You swap that with Dwight Howard. I think you can say that Dwight Howard's better than Andre. I mean, worse than Andre Drummond. Except, I think Dwight has finally learned his yeah. role. And I'm not necessarily sure that Andre Drummond are you, knows. Are you saying that based off the fact he was going through Instagram comment section saying he needed the ball more and would have been a twenty and twenty guy? Well, no, that's just that's just having some fun <laughs> on the internet. We all do that. Um, but we upgrade there. We signed Georges Niang, who I found out was a dope shooter, to replace Mike Scott. A team that was one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals got marginally better. And it feels like the sky is still falling if you look on Sixers Twitter because Ben Simmons is still a part of this organization. And whoever listened, whoever was on Twitter yesterday and saw Ramona Shelburne say, I think they actually want to keep him. You got keep it. Who? You didn't see that? Ben. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't the exact quote. That was not the exact quote. Let me bring it up. But whatever the quote was was extremely taken out of context. If you, if you listen to the full quote of it, itself. She said, I think they prefer that in regards to bringing Ben Simmons back. That doesn't which, seem that out of context, brother. Fake, watch the okay. whole clip. Fake okay. news. Fake news. It talks about Ben's interest in coming back, the Sixers' interest. But, like, yeah, you have a 24-year-old two-time All-Star as a defensive player of the year candidate. You don't always want to give those up, but it's just the time has come. So the Sixers got marginally better. It's just – Nothing you can't judge this team until this whole Ben thing gets figured okay, out. Okay, so let's start there. Uh whether or not they got marginally better, sure like what's the margin? Yang for Scott, but they, Scott didn't even play in the playoffs. Mike Scott, they lost Hill. Mike Scott is to the Sixers what Alfred Payton was. Right, but but Alfred Payton was our starting point guard. Mike Scott did not play in a playoff game. That's not what I'm talking about. It's I'm t- yes he did. That was a that was an unfortunate part. He got some tick. Um but okay, yeah, so just, it, regardless just, of that, if they got marginally better, it was one percent. But listen, people get one percent better every single day. How do? And they did that's that. fine. Maybe one, point, maybe okay, point nine. Whatever, I, I'll give you that just for the sake of it. My question to you right now is: now that pieces have kind of fallen, are you more nervous that there may be less suitors, or are you more comfortable now? Because now it's like very clear where the targets are for Ben Simmons. The Bulls got much better. The Heat got much better. Today, with Ben Simmons on the roster, there's only one or two moves that they could make that would propel them. It's Dame and it's Bradley Beal that would put them in that category. If Ben's back or Ben is swapped for like CJ McCollum and picks – they're they're like in the running with the Heat. Like you can't even tell me that they're convincingly the third seed. And if the and if you can't tell me after the trade market that the Sixers are guaranteed top three seed, that's a really bad summer for Philly. It's a bad summer because of everything that happened and how nothing still has happened with the trademark. But the good news is, Damian Lord had a quote that said, "We need to see what 
we need more. And you know what their more has become this mm-hmm. summer? It's become Cody Zeller. It's become a bunch of other people like Cody Zeller. I forget, but it's abysmal. I just, yeah, it's kind of like now that the chips have fallen, it's like we know who can come get Ben, who we can go get Ben, who can't get Damian Lillard, who can't get Bradley Beal. It's kind of just as volatile as the Knicks at this point. We can very well be just a middle-tier team in the East if we trade Ben for just a package of a, a good, not great player and a bunch of future picks. Or we could go up there with the Bucks and Nets and we get a guy like Damian Lillard. Or we can stay the same and Ben Simmons somehow stays and hopefully that situation can get itself figured out, not from a basketball standpoint, but more sounds so like you're, a you're, relationship. Sounds like you're talking yourself into the possibility that there actually is a chance Ben Simmons is back. I've, I've told you that the entire time. I would not be surprised whatsoever. And it's not that I wouldn't – it's not that I would be upset from a basketball standpoint. It's just I feel at this point the relationship is so tarnished with everything that's come back with what Doc said and Joel said after we he lost – He can't the, be a sixer, man. He just – He can't be a sixer. But, he, he, like, Dame. Dame. Abe, on, on August 4th, there. you know, Ben's still on the roster. The roster's pretty much finished. Minus that moving piece. On opening night, what's your prediction today? Damian Lillard. Okay. 2021. Speaking into existence. Go for it, baby. Extension time. Trey Young, max extension. Tatum, Mitchell, all those guys. SGA gets extended. Uh, Stephen Curry signs his extension. John Collins is coming back to the Hawks. Chris Paul Back to the Suns, three for 90. Let me just touch on CB3. Uh, I did want him on the Knicks, but like in a fun way because I love Chris Paul and I love the Knicks. Kemba, instead of signing Lowry and CB3, were much better moves for the Knicks. The Suns, that's a terrible contract. Like that, like we made fun of the Knicks for running it back. The Suns trying to run it back for Chris Paul at this point in his career on 30 mil a year. I just think that's no bueno. Um, same thing with the Hawks to a degree. I thought they were going to have figured it out. Like they have young players in Hunter and Reddish and other guys giving Collins 25 a year over five years feels like a lot, a lot, a lot for a guy who could go missing at times for full playoff games. Stephen Curry, his contract, obviously he was going to get paid. The Warriors also haven't done anything and everyone's like, Oh, clay comes back. They're title contenders. Like, no, if they had traded Wiggins 714 for a big star, then they're title contenders. Right now, they're like a middling team in the West that's a six seed, in my opinion. SGA, that was a guy you liked. You said you still think there's a way to potentially get him. What are your thoughts on all these big extensions? Trey, it was going to happen. Fuck you, Trey Young. SGA, I thought yesterday that there was still a chance that he could be traded, and I still kind of do. But the reason I thought it yesterday was because, like, you know what? Maybe they OKC will run this Kemba thing like they did with CP and just have him be their guy but still be awful. Because if Kemba was their number one and they had all that, they would still be awful. So I still think SGA could get dealt. Stephen Curry, his name is Stephen Curry. Pay the fucking man. It's as simple as that. John Collins, awful contract. I just don't think he's good. I don't. And is it personal? Maybe. But I just don't think he's good. And I thought about the Chris Paul one. Three years, ninety million. Yeah, is that what it yeah. was? Three? No, it was four one twenty. Yeah, yeah. yeah four one twenty. 
So I thought about it, and it's like, yeah, right now we're saying that is so bad, and I agree it is because we both agree that the Suns just got lucky and they could run it back with this same team, and nobody's probably even putting them in the Western Conference Finals, let alone the Finals. But then you think a few years ago when Houston gave Chris Paul that contract, all we were talking about was how awful it was at the end of that deal. It was the worst contract ever. Now you give Chris Paul four more years to the point where he's going to be 38, 39 or something. And there's an NBA, there's a TV deal going to be signed with the NBA. Like I think we get so infatuated with these huge numbers, 30 million a year, 40 million a year. 30 now to what it is in this NBA is going to be the, the next 45 in a few years. So it's like when the cap's going up year over year over year, it doesn't really look that bad. But like we said, it's Chris Paul at this age on a Suns team who really got lucky, really got lucky. They had a great year and everything. But like I said, nobody's putting them in the Western Conference Finals this year. You can name probably four teams that you would put ahead of them in the Western Conference Finals. It's L.A., it's the Lakers, the Clippers. You would say the Jazz. You could say the Nuggets. Some people would say the Warriors. Um, but it's like the Suns. I, I, ag- I agree Chris, with your when take. When Chris Paul's over this contract and Devin Booker wants out, it's like, let's start over one more time. And they max out Aiton probably. I agree with your take on the salary cap. That's a good point. I think they're just paying him knowing that for two years he's going to be good for them, and then the back half of that contract will be a bad deal. But that was the way they kind of had to go about it to retain him, and I think that's fine. Quick question, rapid fire. Is Kawhi Leonard on vacation, or is someone out there trying to poach him from the Clippers? Uncle Uncle Dennis. Where is Uncle Dennis? Because all we heard is Kawhi is 100% going to sign. If Kawhi was getting a full max extension four or five years from the Clippers, you know what that price is. Why wouldn't you sign? If it's going to be a two plus one, you know what that deal is. Why aren't you signing? Chris Haynes said he was going to meet with other teams. You know what, Jack? A wise man once told me real G's move in silence like lasagna. And damn it, nobody's been more silent than Daryl fucking Morey. So maybe I'm. this is a pipe dream. But who knows? What What is the pipe myself, dream? A sign and trade for Ben? A sign, trade, sign and trade Tobias, whatever. Sign and trade in some capacity because obviously we can't. Imagine Kawhi, Ben, uh, Matisse, and Embiid defensively. That would be sick. Straps. So I thought about it. I'm like, why would I want to waste a year of Joel's prime when Kawhi's probably not even going to play next year? And then I had a second thought. I was like, wait. Kawhi's better than Joel. <laughs> Who cares? Like you're, you're like, like why? Take a, we'll yeah, take why do I want to waste Joel Embiid's prime on Kawhi? Yeah, um, that would be that would be a wild move. There's not many teams left with cap space, so the assumption is he's probably just on vacation. You know, Kawhi doesn't. But why hasn't he done know. it? He's on vacation. He's chilling. He doesn't go on vacation. Kawhi Leonard. He's on vacation, people. Um, underdog. So, Abe, on Thursday, tomorrow, when people listen to this podcast, NFL football is back, which means we are starting to build towards the time. Let me stop you there. Back into my why my day is going to be so great. I didn't even know last night the, the NBA mm-hmm. Summer League was starting. So that means that basketball is officially back, which means that the Bucks championship run, like their celebration is over. Congrats, Bucks! You won last year. It's over now. You can't celebrate anymore. Now that the new season has begun, so that was another. 
plus okay. to my morning. Okay. But, go on. Um, but you know, NFL season means the people's parlay normally. But this year, our sponsor, Underdog, doesn't really do straight bet teams, so we can't parlay them. But we can do player props. But I don't know if the lines are going to be out on Wednesdays when we record. So what should we do? This is a brainstorm right now. I had I had already okay. thought about this. And this is pretty this is very much on brand for you and I. Who's getting hurt of the week? We did it with James Harden in the NBA playoffs. It, it won't it work Trae on Young. underdog though. You're you're talking more like same game parlay. Oh, those who say they can and those who say they can are both usually correct. I know the guys at underdog they can get it done. If they can bust out bottles of tequila, they can do some same player prop under parlays. Who gets hurt of the week? You take a quarterback like, I don't know, Carson Wentz. I don't know why that was the first guy to come to mind. You parlay all of his unders, under alternative, alternative total under. So under 100 yards, under a half a touchdown, under, under literally everything, under attempts, under completions. And you just get rich and hope one day that, you know what, maybe he tweaks something and leaves the game. It's not it's not going to work, got. so I appreciate the idea. We'll definitely be running that on our own. On underdog, we're going to have to come up with a strategy. Um, we could do we could just pick the players and say over or under and then see what their lines fall on Sundays. There's a lot to figure out. We could do uh, the Thursday night game potentially. We could do the Monday night football game. We'll have to think about it, but we do have the people in mind. Obviously, there's obviously there's a ton of underdog users listening to this podcast so if you have an idea you know how the app works yeah. shoot it our way um we were profitable and, in the people's parlay and, last year yes we were that's why i'm trying to figure out how do we bring the money to the people and they're building this new thing where if i send you the link you swipe up or you just tap it and it automatically fills it out for you so last year people had to individually put it in and it was obviously a headache this year you'll be able to just hit a link it'll put in the people's parlay or the people's picks and we'll be pro- like we're going to be profitable again next year. Like that's what we do now. That's Obviously. what we do. Um, Best handicappers. Us, in the and use code Jacko on Underdog. Use code Jacko on TickPick. Abe, you want me to come to Philly for uh, Phillies Dodgers? Let's go with that. Yeah, the, the Phils are hot. Game and a half out of the division. Mets have lost five straight. Dodgers coming to town. Obviously, they're the best team, ever. literally ever. But the Phils are hot. Baseball's buzzing in Philadelphia. I think you could take the trek down if the okay. weather's nice. What's the quickest way to get to Philly? I know you trekked like four and a half hours for my birthday, so I can't use that as a cop-out. But what is the Amtrak? Amtrak. There's a straight train down. Straight can train. Can we hit cheesesteaks if I come? We can hit cheesesteaks, man. We can hit big slices of pizza. Wait, we they can... have those at the Phillies games? We. I don't know if they have them at the Phillies games, but the, the actual location is near my no, near I would my only place. eat that at a, at a Sixers game. Um, all right, let's get to some rankings. Uh, rank the three worst fan bases in sports. You go first. Easy number one, the Phoenix Suns. Between Suns and Four Guy, between the Money Guy, I just, I'm sure everyone else is nice and everything. Screw that team. Screw that fan base. Suns and Four Guy and the Money Guy are two of the worst people in the last three months I've come across. Phoenix okay, Suns. I'm gonna go number three. Texas Longhorn fans, horns, horns down. down. I have been a Longhorn fan since 2004, 2005. 
through the Vince Young years, through the Colt McCoy years. And then I was at school for the worst four years in Texas football history. Texas fans do not understand that historically they were great. We were great. But that was in like the 1940s and 70s, man. Like in the past 20 years, they've won one singular title. In the past decade, we've been so irrelevant. And now we talk about ourselves as if like we have this rich history. Alabama had a rich history and then they have a rich now. Ohio State has a rich history and a rich now. Clemson did not have a rich history, but they have a rich now. And the way Texas fans talk about Texas football and the Longhorns, Tex- you know how many national titles in basketball Texas has won, Abe? Zero. No. You know how many None. Final Fours they've been to, Abe? A singular Zero. Final Four. So they are irrelevant in the second biggest sport. And in the biggest sport, they've done yet again a big coaching hire, and they're going to get all the recruit. I'm just sick and tired. I will obviously be here calling every player a Heisman Trophy candidate, saying we're going to win it all. Of course I'll rot. But maybe that's why we're the worst fan base, because they just can't. I'm trying to think, like, give me another uh, fan base or another organization, franchise, whatever, that, like, was historically great. Like Miami, to a degree, like people like the U, it's all about the U, but like they just had a decent stretch for like eight years. Same with Texas. So Longhorns in my top three, bad fan base, worst fan base, just because of how cringe we are. Um, Still love our guys. Mm -hmm. Number two. Oh, that was a rant. That was a rant. Uh, Eagles fans, you you guys fucking suck. You're miserable. Yeah. Yeah. uh, My number two was similar to that, but it's kind of, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, Union. Um, And I'm going to quote Ted Lasso here now that I'm caught up on the show. The issue with us, with Philadelphia sports fans, amongst many, many others, is we're goldfish. The Eagles, the Sixers, everybody. Philly fans are goldfish. And why do I say they're goldfish? Goldfish have the shortest memory of any animal on planet Earth. Something bad happens, horrendous, this, that. Ben Simmons passes it to Matisse, who makes one for two from the line. And yesterday, there's a video of Ben Simmons doing a turnaround jump shot, and Sixers fans are right there that we're back. Like, we forget so easily the pain that our teams have caused us and just forget it and just go right back to, we're going to be fire this year. We're, we're the, just goldfish. The, um, it's kind of what I just did with the Knicks. I was like, I want... And from a physical standpoint, we just like trying <laughs> yeah, to fight yeah. people, like throwing throwing shit at kids and and Santa Snow, snowballs yeah. at Santa. I mean, Claus. I thought Leon Rose had the worst free agency in NBA history, and then we signed Kemba Walker, <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So yeah, you have to be a goldfish to be a sports fan. Who's your number one? My number one is pretty easy. It's Lakers fans, Duke fans, Cowboys fans, and Alabama fans. Um, those fans all. It's not specific to one city, but if you support one of those teams, chances are you support the others. Now, obviously, I wanted to think about Cowboys fans with this, who are just always Super Bowl champions throughout the summer, and then football actually starts. But Cowboys fans fall in the same as Duke, Lakers. It's really just bandwagon fans. All right, my number one, I'm just going straight up Lakers fans. And I'll say it's Lakers fans because they're as loud and obnoxious, and what makes them the worst is that they can be. They have literally the greatest players ever to play the game all hanging in the rafters. They were irrelevant for like five years, and then they came back and won a title with Braun. And now they've got a super team, and they're just so annoying. 
They think they're the best. They taunt the Clippers as they should. Like, it's one of those where you can't be mad at them for their boasting because they've been there and they will win more and more and more. On the flip side, you have the Celtics, who reminds me a little bit of Texas fans. They have like 18 titles or whatever they have, but 15 of them were before we had color picture on TV. So Lakers fans have done it in this century, while Celtics, their rivals, have not, and they can kind of tease them for that too. So they're just annoying, Lakers fans. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of worse when you argue with someone like, say you're arguing with me about Philly sports, and you can actually go back at me because, like, we haven't really like, – we've won the Super Bowl, sure. We won the World Series in 2008. But for the most part, we're not, like – we're not a storied, storied franchise as this and that. Like, the Lakers, there's nothing worse than arguing a fan where, like, he legitimately yeah, has a leg brutal. to stand on. Like, a few – like, literally a few bad years in Lakers history, and yeah. right now they're back. So I think you'd rather argue – with a fan whose team hasn't yeah yeah arguing about how bad you guys are is easy lakers not so much all right abe any final thoughts before we head into the weekend i'm gonna i'm gonna parlay this day into another great one tomorrow and i'll see you on love that energy snapback fam much love peace